Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me. This is the Armor Report. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. This is the quantumental investing realm. It's where we take quantitative execution, combine it with fundamental foundation, and we create an information edge. And that's what we're sharing with you today. Topics today are going to be the new high in the stock market and how we manage our assets when the market's making new highs like that. We're also going to go over precious metals and how they're reacting to a new high in equities. Then we're going to wrap up with our favorite investment theme, cannabis. Just a couple of thoughts I want to have for you. Now, I was out last week, so there's a lot to kind of catch up on. I'm going to keep this brief because I have a a lot of things going on in my trading desk. Let's don't forget, this is a live trading desk. It's a live look-in. Screens are around me. Phone might ring. Bear with me. All the information I'm sharing with you is information I use for my own personal capital and for investors I work with through our interactive brokers relationship. I'm not recommending stocks for you right now. I don't know you. I don't know your risk tolerance. Everything begins and ends on our trading desk and for our decisions based on risk management. And so for me to actually give you a recommendation, I'd have to know you, we'd have to chat, and I'd have to figure out where you are in the risk spectrum to see whether or not the investment's right for you. But what I can do is share information that I'm using in my own portfolio and hopefully educate you on how to manage capital and manage risk. Couple of notes before we get started. I'm working on a website for you. It should be up and running in the next week or so. Okay, maybe two weeks. We'll see. Armor.com. A-R-M-R.com. Don't run there right now. Armorreport.com. And it's going to streamline all this information that I share with you on these YouTube videos. You can go to one spot, get all the information. You're going to see the risk monitor. You're going to have access to what's on our whiteboard, to what's in our armor portfolios, to exclusive content just for armor insiders sharing information that we've gathered through different channels. So coming soon, I'll let you know when it's up and running. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the Armor Action Alerts. It's free. Go to RosenthalCapital.com and I update periodically when I think there's something important to say I send it out to my Armor Action Alert subscribers. The last one I wrote was Monday last week when we were talking about cannabis investments. And we're going to get to that again a little bit later in the show. So um, you all know I begin and end all these conversations with um, risk management techniques. And we use our algorithms on the big indexes to tell us when to add risk and subtract risk. So for the last five weeks now, we're on the same type of um, um, call, which is to say, you know, green, yellow, red. Let's just break it down and make it simple. 
if the algorithms, which are proprietary algorithms looking at top day and multi-day volatility for each of the important indexes, for us, those important indexes are the S&P 500, and we use ETFs for all of our analysis. So SPY, the Dow, DIA, small cap index, IWM, we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to share with you. Uh, a picture of the IWM. I think it speaks a thousand words. The Dow, DIA, and then we're, those are the top four, right? And then we look at the momentum index, the value index, and the IBD 50. And we feel this gives us a, a very clear picture of what the risk is in the market and then how we want to manage it. We want to put our capital to work when the probabilities are at their highest that we'll be able to book some profit and raise our stop to break even on the entry so, to we, so we can protect our assets. And we only want to do that when we feel the reward is worth the risk. So I remind you about that rule. It's our number one rule on our trading desk. Before you ever put money to work, ask yourself the question, what is the reward you think you're going to get from here in the short and the long term? And what's the risk for that reward you're taking? And so about five weeks ago, I said to you, look, we're not getting confluence between all of our indexes. When we get all seven indexes telling us the same thing, we get aggressive on the long or the short side. Five weeks ago, I said, look, we've got some telling us to get long, some you know, wildly underperforming, like the IBD 50 continues to underperform, which is a real, a real head scratcher or ear scratcher in this case. Um, but I did share with you that on our trading desk, the window was open to add some risk. And we were doing it in a cautious way by focusing the portfolio on big dividend payers, blue chip companies paying a dividend of better than 5% usually. Our net dividend yields around 6% on the portfolio. We're using REITs. We're using MLPs. For those of you who don't know, REIT is a real estate investment trust. MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships in the energy sector. Okay? We look for blue chip names that have suffered a big sell-off for what we believe are transient reasons. When that sells off, the dividend payout, obviously the ratio goes up, the, the yield goes up, and we lock in that yield. Okay? And we're doing very good in that investment approach. It's a conservative approach right now, granted. Okay? And it's conservative because what we're trying to do is buy weakness on blue chip companies paying dividends because we have a conservative um, um, uh, outlook on our risk. We're not willing to get aggressive. But that doesn't mean we don't put money to work. And so we're enjoying an increase in our net worth as the market makes all-time new highs. That's great. There are times to dramatically outperform the market by being very aggressive. And then there's times to just, you know, build a conservative portfolio, collect your dividend yield, and it makes it easier to manage the volatility. And that's the kind of market we're in right now. So when I look at the portfolio, I like what I see. I like the new highs. That's great. 
What I don't like is this market we've been in for 22 months where when the market runs to new highs, you're, you're, the, the risk becomes so significant of a sell-off that if you step too late into the cycle, you get destroyed. And so that's what I want to try to help you avoid doing. It's what I'm, you know, um, I'm doing with my own assets, right? So five, four or five weeks ago was the time to put money to work. So I have people asking me now, and they see CNBC and all these other news networks cheering that we're our all-time new high. Okay. That's the most dangerous time to put money to work. When everybody's cheering and everybody's excited and we're all-time new highs, you should be enjoying the fruits of your labor at this point. You should be making money in this market. You shouldn't feel panicked that you have to run out there and buy more just because they got party hats on in CNBC. You should be content that you put your capital to work correctly four or five weeks ago. You've locked in some solid yields. Your net worth is going up because the principles rising with the market. Great. And what we're doing now on our desk is looking for, looking for reasons to protect that gain. And how do we do it? You can either book some profits on the big run up to all time new highs. That's up to you. I'm not telling you how to do it. I'm sharing with you ways to protect your assets. When the market's blowing out to new highs like this, on our trading desk, we're looking for ways to protect the profits, not ways to chase the momentum. There are times to do that. Okay, 2009, there's been a massive sell-off in the market. Market starts to break out, right? You get big runs, and you start adding to those positions. You pyramid them up. People talk about pyramiding positions, right? Great. At the beginning of a new bull market, when all seven indexers are telling us the same thing, I might do that. I might say, hey, we're breaking out of a base. Now we're going to double those positions, or we're going to increase in 50% or what have you. But in this market, no way. No way. For the last 22 months, the market goes from an all-time new high to a 22-month low or whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying, 18-month low or whatever in the span of a month. So this is not the market where I want to step on the gas. If the market just blows out here to the upside, great, great. I'm making money. I've locked in yield. Go play some golf. Go walk the beach. Do some fishing. Get ready for the snowboarding season. Hey, don't chase. For my more aggressive accounts and for my own personal assets, now's the time I start looking for reasons to put on short hedges. So what I'll do is I'm long big blue chip dividend payers. And let's remember why that's our number one theme right now. We have over 30% of the world's debt at a negative interest rate. That's more than $15 trillion of debt. And we have massive pension liabilities. Just a second. No, don't need that. Okay. Massive pension liabilities over the next three to five to 10 plus years. Okay. That have to be met. And they can't be met by investing in government bonds with a negative yield. So that money is forced into corporate debt and corporate equity with yield. 
That's why it's our number one theme on our desk right now. So let's take a look at small cap index. Okay, I want to start there just to show you, okay? That's the small cap index. I cut off the December lows because that was just pure panic. And what you've got over the last, you know, 13, 14 months is a clear channel, bottom of the channel, top of the channel. Small caps are going nowhere. They're certainly not confirming the new highs in the S&P. This is part of the problem of why we are cautiously buying stocks but not being ridiculously aggressive. Typically, in a big bull market, small caps lead. Market blows out and then small caps rip higher, and that's how you know you're really moving. So here we got um, what we say in the business is, is um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, let's put it this way. There's no confirmation, right? You've got the big caps making new highs. Small caps can't get out of a base. And I didn't prepare this chart for you, but look at the IBD 50, FFTY. These are supposed to be leading growth stocks, and they're far from new highs. I mean, they're, they look terrible. Okay? So what we've been doing over the last you know, X amount of months when we get up at these highs on the small cap index, we look to put on short positions on IWM to defend our long positions in big blue chip dividend payers. Now, let's talk fundamentally why that makes sense and why that's worked. Fundamentally, in a world of negative interest rates, that's negative for banks and particularly small cap banks. They can't make a spread. When you have an in inverted yield curve, this is bad for banks, typically, and especially small cap banks. Don't forget IWM derives 25% of its value, when I last checked, from small cap banks. Now, if you want to be a small cap investor, you might want to find a different asset to focus on small cap growth stocks, not just you know, 25% small cap banks. But it's a perfect hedge for a portfolio that does well as yields collapse, which is a big blue chip portfolio paying dividends. So there's your perfect hedge. If the market rolls over and breaks down, those big blue chip dividend pairs will go down with the market. No doubt. I'm going to lose money as I collect my yield. But the small caps will go down more. And so for a certain percentage of my portfolio, I can hedge. Now, I'm not doing it today. I'm not telling you I'm running out there and hedging today. I don't just start shorting because stocks are at highs. What I look for are clear signs of distribution and weakness that show up. And that will happen over a period of days or weeks. And then I start feeding out the short position. And when we get the first real breakdown, then I'm adding to the position and finishing it off. So I'm not doing anything yet, but I wanted you to understand how we trade all-time new highs in the market, how we prepare our portfolio. We do not chase it. We enjoy the fruits of our labor from the last four or five weeks when we bought things correctly. And we look for signs of weakness and distribution so we can start defending our portfolio. That's what we're doing in our desk. Okay, let's move on. Um, 
I've been covering precious metals with you for a while now. There is a real change that's going on for precious metals. I'll just review real quick. When you have 15 plus trillion and counting of negative interest rate government debt around the world, it makes it very difficult for banks to hold enough tier one assets on their balance sheets. And we've seen some very bizarre action in the repo market where banks won't lend to banks overnight. Rates have skyrocketed to 10% at times, which doesn't make any sense. Fed Chairman Powell can't explain it. Jimmy Diamond, the CEO of JP Morgan, tells me not to worry about it. Well, these are things I worry about, okay? Something's obviously wrong. So when we have that kind of a debt situation, it's very interesting this year in April, gold was elevated to a tier one asset. So now it allows banks to hold gold to meet their requirements of assets at all times. So there should be a base of support in precious metals. That's just one reason. I could spend an entire uh, armor report talking to you about gold and silver. I'm not going to do it right now. Maybe I will in the future. But what I did want to point out, which I find interesting, is that our gold and silver allocations are, are green. We're making money on these stocks while the stock market's making all-time new highs. Now, anybody who follows precious metals in the last, I don't know, seven to ten years knows that that's a bit of a rarity. When stocks blow out and people stop caring about hedging, they usually dump their precious metals. And they've been locked in a downtrend for seven, eight years, which has been ugly. Well, this year, gold and silver broke out of the downtrend. Let's take a look. Here's gold. Okay? That breakout that occurred earlier this year was the beginning of the first leg up in precious metals, in our estimation. We told you we would be buying the first pullback to the 50-day moving average. That's the black line. You can see it's been consolidated on the 50. In times and years past, if the S&P was making all-time new highs, the 50 would have broken and gold would have been collapsing. It's not doing that right now. So what else is it doing? We don't know. I just want to point it out to you that the behavior and price is proving our theory that fundamentally things have changed in this arena. Take a look at silver. Same thing for silver. Holding the uptrend, holding the 50-day, trying to move higher. And moved higher last week while the whole market was blowing out. Okay. So it is a portion of our portfolio. We use it as a hedge. We don't always hold gold, but we feel now is the time to use it as a hedge. Now, look, if it breaks down below that 50, you might lift that hedge, depending on the type of portfolio we're running. Now, the Armour Report, and you'll be able to get this on our website as soon as it's up and running, armourreport.com, A-R-M-R-Report.com. It's going to give you access to the Armor Insider. And through that subscription, you're going to see the four different portfolios we manage interactive brokers, conservative, balanced, aggressive, and index only. And you'll see exactly what stocks are in there and at what allocation. So you'll see there's different allocation for precious metals depending on the type of investor and portfolio we're running. As of right now, 
full complement. We like to use CEF as our precious metals investment. It's a closed-end fund. Sprott owns it. Real metals behind it. It includes gold and silver. Okay? And it's actually trading below net asset value by about 3%. You know, when precious metals have their bit in their teeth, that will go to a premium, not a discount. Okay? So, moving on. Let's round up with a little bit uh, of our cannabis uh, conversation. I said there's a... Another hurdle coming up for us, and that's going to be earnings announcements this month. We're going to get Charlotte's Web. I think we're going to get um, Canopy Growth at some point. I mean, what I'm looking for, I'm, there's not a big dissertation today on, on cannabis. I don't have a lot. Um, I don't have a lot I want to, to delve into right now. We've been talking a lot about cannabis recently, and there's no big changes. But what I am looking at is this chart, and I just want to remind you. There's MJ, the ETF of all the cannabis stocks. Those black lines just highlight for you the double bottom, the higher low that MJ's putting in right now. The question will be, what do these stocks do when we get some heavy hitters announcing earnings? I don't care what the earnings are. I'm not guessing what the earnings are. It makes no difference to me. All I care about is the reaction to the news. If it's bad news, these stocks plunge down and close higher, or plunge down, but by the end of the week, close higher, then we know that the selling for 2019 is pretty much over. Tax loss selling will be over, and we can start adding to our positions. You all know we have a small allocation right now to our favorite names. So I don't love the action in the stocks yet. I wanted to see Hexo announce earnings, which was a disaster and they look awful and all this stuff. And I wanted to see it make a higher low. It didn't made a lower low. Okay. That puts me on notice. There's some, still some sellers out there. What I want to see is weakness on bad news that closes higher. Or, look, man, we might get lucky. CGC might come out and say something really bullish, and the whole group will blow out, and the shorts will start covering. And that'll be a whole other conversation that I can't wait to have with you. Okay? But what really matters, instead of wasting your time trying to guess what the numbers are going to be, what really matters is what's the reaction to the numbers. Okay? Be patient, be selective. There is nothing wrong with having zero allocation until the bottom's in. You don't have to guess. I'm guessing with a little bit of my own capital. I'm not telling you what to do. That's what I do with my own capital. It looks like a bottom might be in. I put a little bit out there. If it doesn't work, I have stops. I reset and I come back in later. If it does work and that proves to be the bottom, then I look to buy sell-offs and weakness to increase my position. Okay? So that's what I'm doing. Um, listen, guys, if this has been helpful, if you've enjoyed it, thanks for joining me as always. Give me a thumbs up. Take a quick look here before I sign off. Um, 
Oh, this is a good question. Okay, great, Ezra. Thanks for um, thanks for asking this question. McDonald's is this a good dip to buy? Um, my guess is it, it probably will be. This is a question from a subscriber from um, from this conversation. Um, my guess is it will be. I never run out there though and buy the day of the bad news thinking that maybe I'm catching a low. I just personally don't do that. doesn't mean you can't, but I just personally don't do that. I like to see the news come out. They created the stock for whatever reason. Let's take a quick peek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, look, they're, they're crushing McDonald's, right? Okay. Well, it was trading at 220 not too long ago, and now it's looking at 188. Okay. And I wonder what the dividend yield is now at this point. I don't know if it's if it's something. Um, uh, all right, let me take a peek here. Okay, it's up to 3.3%. So that's still not good enough for me. All right, so if I was going to buy weakness like this, I'd want to have at least a 5% yield. It's not there yet. And so um, to wrap up your thought, my guess is this will set a bottom in McDonald's. And if the yield gets high enough, it'll be very interesting to me, and it'll go on my whiteboard. But it's not there yet, and I don't like to catch a fallen knife. That's my opinion. But thanks for the question. All right, guys, listen, I'll be um, back at it um, Wednesday, 1130. Thanks for joining me. Nice to be back. Good to be back in the saddle and chatting with you. Hope you all have a good uh, day trading. Be safe out there. All right. Take care.